Hey folks, this is Paper in Pain, and I'm Steve. I'm Christian. How are you? You're asking me, or asking my audience? I'm asking everyone. How are、hey. you, Steve? Good. Yes. I hope our audience are doing well too. It's Monday. I know everybody's just like getting this blues. Monday afternoon is the night of doubt. It's the night when you start doubting yourself because it's only the first day of the week,、mm-hmm. and you're already exhausted. That's、yeah, very philosophical. Thinking, am I am I even good enough? Do I do I have the skills? Of what, like imposter syndrome? You're talking about? Exactly, exactly. And I think that's something I wanted to talk about. How、today. many years you mean in this design? Does it even、now? matter how many years you've been doing that? How many years you've been doing that?、Uh, I started in the design, I think about a decade ago. So you're in the industry for a decade, and you're still having. Imposter syndrome. But then, if you break it down, I haven't been a designer for the entire like ten、mm-hmm. years.、Uh, okay. I started off as a developer.、Mm-hmm. Then I I worked as a freelancer for a while. Then、mm-hmm. landed my first job as like a web designer back then.、Mm-hmm. In that entire run is like a self-taught designer. I've been doubting myself every single day. I've been asking this question every single day. Am I even good enough? And Monday afternoons is the time when, when it hits the hardest. Well, I hope maybe by Friday afternoon we'll get your answer. Well. I think that's also why I wanted to talk about it today、mm-hmm. because what I wrote、mm-hmm. for this episode's outline—it's、mm-hmm. <laughs> basically what what came to me on a Friday afternoon, and then by Monday it 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 all sort of diminished. Well,、um, actually, to be honest, I also have the same kind of doubt, similar doubt, but I'm pretty sure there's a way to overcome it, and that's what we're addressing today. Where do you think it's coming from? Like, let's start at the very beginning. Why, why are we doubting ourselves so much? Well,、um, it's a good thing. It's basically you're developing developing empathy to yourself.、Hmm. You know, we'll be talking about developing empathy to all the users, but sometimes we just lack of this for ourselves. Somehow, your inner voice is telling you, "Well, you're not doing good enough." We have this urge to. Perfect things, and constantly we're also thinking about, I'm not perfect enough, and therefore we have this urge to make it better. So, are you trying to say that theoretically there should be a designer who doesn't have、uh, the imposter syndrome, and that designer should be perfect in every single regard? Which is not possible, isn't it? Okay, let's let's just imagine like a, a platonic concept, right? Of this、mm-hmm. designer that does not exist,、mm-hmm. but a designer that like embodies the perfection.、Mm-hmm. Are we talking about someone who's really good at like Figma or, or Photoshop? Definitely, there's not. It's only one part, and most likely, it's only going to be a very small part of your job. Like, for example, for myself, I deal with more than. Eighty percent of my time dealing with Figma and design system, but definitely that's not the case for you. I think most of my time I spend in Excel and Slack and Zoom, and running around the office, one meeting room to another. Yep, it's either you're in a meeting or you're on the way to your next meeting. 
Yeah, definitely, definitely. So, okay, mm-hmm. uh, I, I see a lot of young designers, right, mm-hmm. these days who are obsessed with UI kits, templates, mm-hmm. AI, all of those like fancy things that look beautiful. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a lot of things are like asking me, well, how do you learn Figma? How do you find this perfect plugin to do mm-hmm. a particular thing in it? Or like, do you need to know Illustrator to be a UX designer? And it always comes down to this like fundamental question. Do you even understand what designers do? Uh, that's a good point because actually many people think designers and, and, they, and they often confuse designers with artists or creators that designer is just designing something beautiful and designing. Therefore, you should be super well with Figma. You have to be expert with Photoshop. You, they just kind of, they thought designers is like illustrators, um, graphic, but graphic design, of course, it's still part of design, but it's a very small portion of it. When we're talking about design, we, especially when you're talk about, talking about product design, it's a completely different concept. And young designers, aspiring, they're eager to learn a lot of things. They started with, okay, so how do I sharpen my Figma skills? How do I get some free tutorials on Photoshop on YouTube? I don't know if people actually learn Photoshop these days. I hate Photoshop with my passion, uh, especially when Adobe bought it. And what are, what are the, the things that like young kids learn these days? Spline, uh, Rive, uh, Webflow Framer. I, I don't know. Every time, every time there's this buzzword mm-hmm. uh, that goes around. And I don't want to sound like I'm... Uh, I'm some sort of like an old school designer who despises everything new. In fact, like I love playing with new things. Mm-hmm. I just don't understand this attachment when it comes to an, an obsession when it comes to like new tools because I've seen tools come and go. I've seen tools emerge from like nothing into into becoming like the the industry leader, and then the, the entire industry just disappears. Right? Mm-hmm. You can learn a new programming language just like that and then it goes into nothingness right you can be great at like this wireframing and prototyping tool right mm-hmm. who remembers marvel do you even remember that envision bought them i don't know five six years ago and they killed it was it was it marvel or was it something else i can't even remember the name right so at the time when I was when I was still a young designer, I was looking at people who were using Sketch, right? And I didn't have a Mac computer at the time, so I had to use a Windows laptop. And I was sort of like I felt like I was missing out on something really, really important. How did you use Sketch on Windows? I didn't. You That's didn't. the whole point. So I had to find a workaround, and the workaround at the time was to take a Sketch file, mm-hmm. upload it to Lunacy or when Figma essentially appeared to Figma, mm-hmm. you know, which came first though. And it would break some of the things and some mm-hmm. of the things would not be really spotted or it would just not display the entire file, you know, but it was fine. It's good enough to like do a few simple mm-hmm. tasks and then hand it back over. Mm-hmm. But you still felt like you were doing something wrong because you did not know the tool. And then you understand, well, your goal is actually... As a mm-hmm. designer, your, your your single objective is to solve a problem for a person in a business, uh, not really to play with like a new OS or be like at this cutting edge tech mm-hmm. 
constantly learning new things for the sake of learning new things. Mm-hmm. Yep, it's not about a tool at all. It's always about the people behind the tools. It doesn't. It doesn't make it less uh, admirable when people learn new tools, though, and it mm-hmm. doesn't take less effort to master one. Like if you want to, if you want to be a three D artist, right? You do need to learn Blender or Maya 3D or whatever you're going to be using, and it's going to be tough. And arguably, I would say that Figma is much easier uh, than After Effects, right? Or mm-hmm. uh, Blender that just mm-hmm. named, right? Because there's so many things that you would need to learn, and the tool will give you just that. But without the fundamental understanding of what you are getting paid for as a designer and what your job is, uh, you will not really move far. Yeah, exactly. So actually, if you're looking down the order history, two hundred years ago, how actually the road of design change from two hundred years ago until now, we have well, basically we're talking about from Adam Brothers to Bauhaus, from Don Norman to Dribble Age, and still from the very beginning when computer was not even born, what do we design? What are the tools we're using? We're using paper and pen. We started drawing everything, sketching our ideas on paper because we found there is a problem there, and we try to solve the problem using our brain. But nowadays, when you browsing on Dribble, you see a lot of fancy user interfaces there, fancy interaction there. What are the purpose of there being there? Is there just there to attract people, attract more clicks, or are they actually there out to solve some problems? If you ask any experienced designer who's been in the field for a while and has done a few things, they would say the same thing.、Uh, I can design on a napkin as long as I I spend enough time understanding the problem. Right? Is because I'm not really designing in the tool. I'm using the tool to deliver what I need. And like wireframes is just one of the things. But just like、mm-hmm. you said, right? The problem solving in general is. The cornerstone of what you do, what makes you a designer, and this skill is the only skill that you need to master before you even even proceed. Right? It's the skill that you will not be able to move without. And those skills does not really require any fancy tool. You just need a notebook and paper. Well, y- well your、pen. your only fancy tool that you require for it is actually your brain. Agree. And I think in order to train that, because like. If you think about it, your brain is just like another muscle,、mm-hmm. uh, not anatomically speaking, obviously. But your brain requires training; it needs to be challenged, and there are ways of training it. Right? I'm not just talking about like crossword puzzles. What I'm talking about is developing the problem-solving mindset,、mm-hmm. where your brain, you. As a designer, or, or as a person rather, are focusing on understanding the underlying issue, whether it's an issue with your product or in your personal life, and trying to find a solution. And subsequently, you are thinking beyond the realm in which you 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 function. So, this this holistic thinking that. Allows you to operate、uh, effectively, you know, using the knowledge that you've acquired. 
theoretical knowledge, practical knowledge, reflective knowledge to solve problems. So problems, um, problem solving is the main skills we're talking about. It's the number one skill that we're actually getting paid for. We are able to identify the right problem and identify targeting on, on the right audience, the right user group, and to solve it if we can. If we can't actually solve in, in the simple design solution, that's where actually you're going to brainstorm with your designers. They're coming up with progressively uh, incremental improve on the current product or current solution. Just make it better over time. I think in a way I would even go as far as saying that problem solving, uh, mm-hmm. unlike many other skills that we uh, are going to discuss further, uh, is not really a soft skill itself, as you would call it, but mm-hmm. rather a combination of different soft skills, right? You need to be able to think analytically, right? You need to assess the situation really well. You need to take many different variables into consideration. And you need to be able to uh, analyze or assess the impact of your actions. Uh, just like you said, when when we're talking about ideating solutions for our users, mm-hmm. we need to be able to be very good at communication, right? So that encompasses a whole variety of skills. Like, you need to be a good listener. Are you a good listener, Steve? Um, fortunately, I won't say so. Are you? Oh, that's a tough question, actually. I know that as a designer, you should be, like, you must be a good listener. And I don't just mean listening to what the person says, right? You need to be able to, like, find things that are left unspoken Mm -hmm. and make something of it. Uh, In my case, I think ADHD does make it a bit tough. Like, it's quite challenging when I have to just sit still and listen, especially when it's something that heats me up. Like, there's a topic that we're discussing that is really, really personal or or I just take deep interest in it and I really need to chime in and and speak. But I've I've learned to do three things mm-hmm. in that regard. Uh, sometimes I'm repeating what the user says and then I'm reflecting it back. Like, th- th- I just take a part of the phrase mm-hmm. and then you just give it back to the user in a form of a question mm-hmm. just to confirm what they said or whether I understood. Psychological, right. you know, actually, that's called mirroring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that actually helps mm-hmm. a lot. Uh, I'm scribbling or writing down some notes mm-hmm. uh, and sometimes that helps capture some things or mm-hmm. or I'm just getting a bit distracted from like my own thoughts and I focus on the voice. And I'm trying to think through what the user says. So instead of just listening to what they say, I'm trying to like mentally ask myself questions of like, do I understand what they say in the moment? Am I getting them right? And what would I do right now if I were to act on what they just said? And the other skill I would think a product designer should have is, of course, you need to listen to their story, but Sometimes you need to sell your ideas, the storytelling and how you present your ideas is quite important to you. So there's this little book called Articulating Design Decision. No, oh, that's a brilliant book. That's, that's a very good book, yeah. 
it, at the end of the day, it's actually coming to how you describe storytelling your idea and try to sell your idea because. When you are actually in the middle of a stakeholder meeting, you are the one who holds the profession, professional knowledge of design. Their stakeholders they focus more on business. Maybe some of them actually having the coding background. Some some of them have a little bit design background, but those are not things they practice every day. They are dealing with business. They know how business works, but they have no idea how. The business idea being interpreted from design perspective,、yeah. and you are the only one in the room who knows how to think it, how to see it from the design lens, and therefore, as a designer, it's your obligation to actually to explain this to them. Don't be scared and don't be defeated by stupid question. I mean, there's no stupid question, but by endlessly repeating. The same explanation for some design decision because those are needed, and articulating them well helps you to sell your idea faster, and that also helps the stakeholder to understand your decision, why the decisions are, are made, in a better way, and not only for stakeholders but also for developers. Hey, even go beyond that, right? When we're talking about presentations and storytelling, when you get good. At explaining your idea, it doesn't just mean that you're really good at putting together some slides or that you can actually bring the numbers, put them up, and say this is the impact that we're gonna make. Do you have any questions? The art of storytelling goes way beyond that. Like、mm-hmm. I'm personally struggling a lot with the fact that I have so many thoughts in my head very often that I'm. Struggling to communicate because if I start putting them together on paper, I'm always afraid that I'm just going to write way too much and people are not going to read that. And sometimes I'm just struggling to explain it using words. Right? I have an idea, but I cannot explain what that idea might be, and I'm trying to find someone who might. Now, the art of Selling this idea and telling a story is finding the balance between something that is incredibly boring and dry but super informative,、mm-hmm. and something that is purely entertaining but has like no purpose whatsoever. And in this case, when you're presenting, you're essentially trying to make it clear, very well structured, well organized, concise,、mm-hmm. and also entertaining. Entertainment is the part actually. Because we all love listening to story, and we love listening to a story that actually resonates with us. To a good story. To a、yes. good story. Yes. The only way you can actually learn to tell stories, if you start absorbing the stories, you know, like, and this is this is something that I see a lot of people neglect、mm-hmm. constantly, and, and I'm not just talking about new designers, or those who are. Aspiring to become ones, but、mm-hmm. a lot of seniors, a lot of leaders who claim that they don't have time for it, or they they just don't like it, and they prefer other formats. But I'm talking about reading as a skill and as an exercise, both because when you're a designer and you do not read, where do you get your information from? Definitely not TikTok. 
No, absolutely, and no documentation either. <laughs> no, like, yes. yeah, those you can, are secondhand information. You can go to Jira and then just read through all the user stories in the oh, world. Oh, Jira is horrible. But Jira is horrible. I use stories, the actual stories. Those are not story. <laughs> they just use the name of story, but they're not story. At least they're boring stories. If they are barely considered stories, what do you think makes a good story? A good story always have something to resonate with you. It actually brings you to think. Oh, does this actually happen to me? It create empathy from the very beginning. So, for example, when you try to explain the journey, a user journey, a new flow, a new features, you're gonna starting by explaining it. Okay, there is something happened to me recently, and I noticed this feature that can actually be improved. So now imagine I'm a user. I'm starting with this. I'm doing that. So basically, just go through all the user journey with stakeholder, but putting yourself into more like the first person perspective. That can be the way to actually tell your story. Alternatively, in a more entertaining way, you can actually even use different methodology. You can use comic. You can use simple sketches, or you can use、um, a mockup to show a demo to show the prototype, and. Actually, speaking of that, I think prototyping skill is quite important for designers as well, because there are so many times I found stakeholders are really getting bored by looking at the fancy screen. Even so,、uh, how no matter how fancy the screen we actually design for them, but when you actually present it to them with an interactive prototype, you put the prototyping phone in their hand, and they start to play around with it, the result is very different. But see, you you are talking about it as if it was just like prototyping skill alone, and just so that the audience does not get this wrong,、uh, I reckon you don't actually mean prototyping itself because we're not really talking about being really good at prototype or Azure, right?、Mm-hmm. We're talking about being able to communicate the interaction in a matter that, like in in a way, and using a medium. That ensures that people who are absorbing this information can actually understand it,、mm-hmm. and can sort of put themselves in the user's shoes, right? Yes. So, prototyping is only the outcome, but it's how you actually put in all the screen together, create a prototyping flow. It's also how you actually design the story.、Mm-hmm. So, we are designing the feature, but we also need to design the story in order to actually tell the story. To to present it to, you have to pass your stakeholder first, and then eventually you're going to present the story to your user, your end users. Yeah, yeah.、And、I think that that's one of the skills that goes way beyond design. It's something that you can transfer sort of like any other industry. It's communicating and selling your decisions. It's being convincing enough,、mm-hmm. but at the same time. Not pushy. It's being reliant on data and being objective, but at the same time, not forgetting that well, we're not entirely rational. We're not machines, so we need to build empathy for the protagonist of the story that we're talking about. Yes,、right? mm-hmm. and again, it, it just spans way beyond designing for for humans, right? And it's just way beyond design as an industry.、Uh, you can apply it anywhere. And by explaining that or telling that kind of story, articulating your decision, your idea, 
you help people to understand more about how the feature and how the product actually came to be. And when people understand how they came to be, they understand more about the product itself. It's not just barely the visual appearance or user experience when actually using it, but understanding why they came to be. Yeah, yeah. I think it's fundamental that designers know how to communicate with the others and navigate the powers, you know. When you are placed in a situation where you've got your management, whether it's a stakeholder or, or a boss that demands you to do a certain thing in a certain way, and you have a user who's got a particular pain that is not relieved, you somehow need to be able to satisfy the business needs, right, in well, in the shape of a stakeholder in a story, and essentially make sure that the user's pain point is relieved. So as a designer, in order to survive in this world, you need to be able to effectively manage not only the people that work alongside you, but also the people who are there to manage you and to manage the bigger picture. Which actually come to our next topic. We're talking a little bit about how designers are collaborating with each other as a team, and how designers collaborating with the other team members, not from design team, but from developers, from stakeholders, from business, those business analysts, and even more. Yeah, we're gonna take a break, and we'll be back soon. Okay, welcome back. I'm Steve. I'm still Christian. Yes, and this is Paper and Paint. Okay, a while ago we talked about being designers and how to communicate well with stakeholder, with the the other designers in the team, and also with developers and even more people we are encountering at work every day. And that actually inevitably comes to the point: how do we, how do we create a synergy in the team? And that's going to be part of the transferable skill set for the designers. Let's say one day when you decided not going to deal with product design anymore, one day you're going to transfer your industry to something else, or maybe you just want to take a break and then start everything brand new in a new industry. And those skills are going to be helping you to build your new future, your new career in a different industry. You want to talk about a little bit more about the synergy? Yeah, let's do that because I can see a lot of people. Struggle with the idea that, especially people who come from a freelance background or people、mm-hmm. who are straight out of the the boot camp or graduates, the idea that you do not work alone and、mm-hmm. all of those things that you were sort of like asked to do as your portfolio projects or the first things that you've done、mm-hmm. uh, as a designer, you are not doing them alone. You have to communicate with the others, and those others. Are not always receiving your ideas well. You know they're not welcoming them all the time. They can be critical of you.、Mm-hmm. You may be having conflicts for whatever reason. And as a designer, you are forced to navigate between them. You are forced to mitigate and manage them.、Mm-hmm. And 
as a human being in general and as a designer in particular, mm -hmm. you have to be good at building the relationships, at ensuring that the people you are working with are enjoying working with you as much as mm -hmm. well as, as possible and that you understand each other really well. Because without understanding, without respect for each other, without being able to communicate ideas, you will not build what you just called synergy. You will not be able to deliver anything together. Mm -hmm. So basically the word synergy is actually coming from synthetic or plus energy. Basically it's like, for example, when I'm working on something by my own, I can generate X amount of productivity. Mm. And when you're working on your own, you can generate maybe another X amount mm. of productivity. But when we're working together, we're generating more than two folds of this adding up together because there are more um, sparklings. And I've seen something you don't actually see and you have seen something I don't see when I was designing alone. And also you, you, you offer me an extra pair of eyes and we are able to discover more when you're designing or, or you're just creating something new. It doesn't have to be design. It can be actually um, doing a project together or doing a workout together. And yeah, that, that's why we need a body system in a design space, especially for the new joints and for new young designers when they're actually into the field. I find out most of the designers, especially senior designer, lead designer, they're just too busy. They're like running from meeting to another meeting. They have no time to sit down and coach the young designers. And at the end of the day, young designers just look like an intern there, sitting there. They are eager to learn something new, but there's no people to properly guide them. I mean, it happened to me before, and I know the struggle from it. Well, I guess in a situation like that, it also comes down to asking whether the management who's running the place is actually competent enough mm -hmm. and whether they have those skills. Because it, as designers, we need to understand the value of empathy. We need to be able to put ourselves in other people's shoes. Uh, mm -hmm. As much as I don't like this expression, it's more or less accurate here. But uh, as a manager, you would have to pay close attention to what your people do and how they feel, mm -hmm. uh, how well-directed their growth is in where in terms of skill set and in terms of like what we call soft skills uh, they lacking so that you can actually help them out. Mm -hmm. And as a designer, you must be able to play in a team, right? And if you're not playing in a team, that might be your your trainer, your manager's fault, right? It might be them not really looking close enough, might be them not really doing their job. But if you, given that your manager is a good person and a good designer and they're very careful in terms of how they direct the team and what they mm -hmm. do and how they communicate, if you still resist it and if you still insist that you are a hero and mm -hmm. you can do it alone. You don't need other people because other people are not as competent as you are. They're not doing it as good as you do. And that you don't actually need anyone to be able to deliver what you have to deliver. You will not make it. You will not make it far. Because 
in the end, you will have to communicate with the others. You will have to collaborate with the others. You will have to take criticism from the others and give your opinion to the others, right? And if you can't do all of that, if you can't take it, if you think that you can handle it all by yourself, well, can you actually become a good designer then? And I think the answer is no, no, not likely. And it's not only for designers. Basically, this will apply to all the jobs. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. but that's also what we need. We need to go for design all hands. We need to go for design critic session, and to accept the different voices from the other pairs of eyes, whether being designers or stakeholders or users. So sometimes when I'm just like over the weekend and. You're gonna go ahead, go out to meet a bunch of new friends, and you're talking about what accidentally you're talking about the product you're designing, and I will be very happy to actually ask them, "How do you like it? Do you?" I and surprisingly, I normally receive a lot of critic from them, and you've got good friends. <laughs> those they are really honest. I appreciate it. I re- they're they're being really really honest. Usually, when you're asking your mom or you're mm-hmm. asking your friends, how mm-hmm. do you like it? Mm-hmm. They would say anything just to like avoid hurting your feelings, and I think try not to hurt anyone's feelings by saying only good things and only positive things is the worst thing you can do. If you do not see the positive things mm-hmm. uh, as you know directions, if the only Positive, you can say, is good job, mm-hmm. and that's all feedback that you can give to a person. Mm-hmm. This is not a good feedback. It's mm-hmm. eventually going to hurt them. This is going to exactly, do more yeah. more bad than good. It's basically just hide everything under the carpet at the beginning, and eventually just getting a disaster. But criticism doesn't have to be negative. You it know, doesn't you, have to be. The, it, the it positive just... criticism is the one that gives you a clear direction and understanding of what you did wrong and, and what you can do to improve it. Yeah. If somebody tells you that, well, mm-hmm. your design lacks in that regard and your design, well, it could have been better mm-hmm. and maybe you should try doing it the other way. And instead of actually getting offended because somebody hurt your feelings just now, mm-hmm. if you go back and review what they had said, if you think about, well, doing it the other way, maybe, but just maybe, they were right. And as a result, what you thought initially was this harsh criticism of your skills and mm-hmm. somebody not receiving your idea and not accepting it as a genius one it has actually improved you as a designer and improved your design as well. Do you believe there is a, such thing called designer's ego? Oh, absolutely. Because our designs are the babies and you just don't naturally accepting people saying bad mouths about your baby. Absolutely, but I don't think it's just a designer's ego. Uh, it's creator's ego. It's a human thing. Mm-hmm. And it stems from lack of reflective skills, actually. Mm-hmm. So I don't mean that designers are not special or that they are special. In fact, we are, well, we're just people. Mm-hmm. And people tend to get attached. They tend to get attached to other people, to their ideas, uh, to things that they're used to. And when you spend a lot of time doing something, you get attached to it naturally. Mm-hmm. The art here is the art of detachment. 
uh, it is the art of reflection. When you're able to look at things from a different light, when you're able to accept the fact that not everything you do is going to be perfect, especially not on the first try, and that you have to come a long way to reach a level when what you do will actually be satisfactory, you know. If you, if you convince yourself that you are great, if you convince yourself that all you do is flawless by design, you will not be able to grow because you will not listen to other people. You will not listen to other people when they say that you're not doing something right because you're missing something, right? Or you're missing out on something. If you will not look back at yourself, your actions, your thoughts, your beliefs, you will crystallize. At the end of the day, you will become the worst version of yourself, this version from 20 years ago, who is not able to accept that, well, the world has moved on and you are still doing the things your way because you are not able to let go of your ego, let go of your prejudices and listen to other people. Yep. And being open and being honest is really important. And I also believe that by, by being honest and being important and being open, it's an act of showing a great amount of care and love when you're designing your 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 product, your features and whatever you're actually creating. And by spending time thinking about crafting features, crafting product, and also spending time thinking, okay. I might be wrong and open to it. I'm willing to accept your mistakes when people are pointing to you. There might be an alternative, better solution. So instead of just defending it, just be honest. And we are all working together to create something better, to to design something good for people to use and they can benefit from your design. And that's our ultimate goal. And well, at least those skills are gonna survive you in the industry. It's not going to be a happy journey, but I hope we all enjoy it. That's why we call it survival skill, at least. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think as long as you are resilient enough, as long as you stay strong and keep the course, but remain flexible to sort of navigate the tides, right? As long as you stay honest with yourself and accept your imperfection, and you stay patient, you know, you will be constantly improving yourself. You will be working towards becoming the best version of yourself tomorrow so that you can see an even better one. But there is one skill, I think, mm -hmm. that we've missed. This entire list of skills that we've got in front of us. Mm -hmm. A lot of soft skills, a lot of like traits that you need to adopt, a lot of reflection, a lot of work that you need to put in developing all these. Mm -hmm. I think there's one skill mm -hmm. that we as an, I'm going to call us an older generation, mm -hmm. uh, do not have because it didn't come as natural as it did to the younger kids. Uh, five years ago, mm -hmm. I would call it Googling. 50 years ago, people would say finding relevant information. You'd go down to a library, you get this catalog and you will mm -hmm. find the paper you're looking for. 
what would we call it today? Chat GPT. What are you gonna call it? I don't know. GPT. <laughs> Discovering information. <laughs> yes. This um, basically exploring all the information surrounding us and getting some fields note, jotting down, filtering the information, absorbing it, and transferring into something that we can actually use to improve our decision and design. And most importantly, not being ashamed of the fact that you don't know everything, because you've got this magical thing right in front of you,、mm-hmm. and if you don't know something. All you need to do is to key in a few words, and it will do its magic and find the information without any pain. All right, cool. Yeah, I think、um, those are the skills we want to talk about today, and we hope those a little bit humble advices gonna benefit a lot of maybe a few young designers. If you actually listen to our rambling around here for the past half an hour, and we hope you survive, and good luck with that. Enjoy your journey into the world of design. Remember, the journey is the award. Isn't that the destination? Is no, it's the journey is the reward. What a beautiful concept! Enjoy the ride, folks. It's paper and paint. This is Steve. This is Christian. Have a good week ahead. See you next time. Bye.